Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're not looking at an episode of Frasier, but are instead reviewing the pilot of The Good Place after a generous donation from Caitlin, aka Hothouse Orchid, who you may know from Trivia Corner. Kate, you've seen bits of The Good Place before. I've never seen it before. Tell us, tell listeners what you've seen up to now. So, so I've probably seen the first season and a half to two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've probably seen the pilot in particular at least a couple of times. Oh, really? Have you maybe been trying to introduce others to this then? Is that why you've I, seen it? Yeah, well, I've watched it and I tried to get my brother and my girlfriend into it. Mm-hmm. And... There were varying degrees of success. Really? I think I think both of them have seen some episodes, but none of them have ever watched it. Sort of sat down and really just watched it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I've I've not seen the last couple of seasons of it. Who seemed more receptive, Shan or Steve? Who was ready to take the plunge? I. Oh, or were they I both playing say, it quite safe? And <laughs> I would say Shan. But okay, okay. I don't think either. No, neither of them are really sold on it. I think if if I put it on, they both sit in a room and watch it, but neither mm-hmm. of them would probably choose to put it on if not prompted. Okay. Well, I mean, well, how did you come to The Good Place? What was the first? I, I mean, this is just a random show you picked up one time. Thought this this sounds pretty good, you know, because it is pretty famous, you yeah, know, by I all accounts. I have a feeling I probably came to it through, because I think, is it Michael Shaw or Michael Shaw, I think, who is the the right it's his show yeah and was big obviously in parks and rec and the office yeah. and things yeah so obviously a big name associated with it yeah good writer um and obviously ted danson as well um yeah and i quite like ted danson so i i will watch a show if an actor i like is in it and i'll give it a chance purely in the strength of i like one that. actor i like that so that was a factor and i do quite like the premise because obviously i did philosophy at a level mm, yeah, um, yeah and it's quite a uh, philosophy heavy show i know you don't necessarily see that in the, the pilot um other yeah, there's quite a few mentions of Kant and stuff yeah, yeah so i get that's where it's leaning um and obviously um you know the afterlife what what more there's ideal place for comedy everyone knows that so. <laughs> i mean that was gonna be my opening question for you Kate. what do you think happens after we die? <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna take a stab at what you think happens Kate? I mean, um <laughs> answer this great what i want to happen is kind of similar to this you know like a lot of video games i play with my friends when you finish them you get a big stat screen of all the, it's like everything. It's like who got the most headshots, who was the most accurate, who picked up the most amount of items, whatever. I want a full blown, like five thousand page manifesto of every stat ever in my life. How many glasses of water drank? How many times I went for a wee? I want everything. That is well, my. So you can sit perfect. and compare with someone. You Not even that. The, just sit you, and read my own. You only went for a piece seven hundred thousand times. <laughs> I was over a million. I've got your beat there. I mean, it's like top trunks, but I just think if I could just sit down and read all of those stats, I'd be a very content man. Um, I think. Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm blown away by your idea of that. It's a pretty simplistic vision. I love the fact as well that given that we don't really know what we're meant to be striving for, what if the stats are all stuff like most headshots and it's just zero all the way down? <laughs> That's a pretty gutting blow, isn't it's, it? It's like Call of Duty stats, but they haven't adapted them for modern life. So we all just have blank readings on them. Um, I mean, that'd be a good question to, to, to put level at listeners, uh, listeners rather. What do you think happens after we die? It's a pretty pretty heavy question a pretty heavy for the question. We're Listening podcast. For a but Thursday minutes. night. <laughs> 
<laughs> just a comedy rewatch podcast. <laughs> what's I mean, the meaning of life, guys? What happens after you die? Give us a breakdown. <laughs> I mean, lockdown is easing in the UK, and I did pop to the pub um, for a couple of pints this afternoon. So maybe that's fueling wow. the insane questions here. Who knows? <laughs> Who could say? Not me. Um, so shall we jump into the review for the good place? Yeah, did you want to do it? Uh, are we doing any trivia? Or have you got? I know you said to me, I think you've got one trivia question. So I've yeah, written I, down a couple. I, I tried to make a few actually, and one of them I thought, oh, that be a good question and realized i just didn't have the answer for it and it would be really hard to get the answer so i scrapped that one so i've got one what, for you what's the one that you don't know the answer for we'll it was going to be how many paintings of clowns are there in the apartment um but every time the camera moved or there was a different shot i, I saw another one i hadn't seen before and i was yeah, like I'd, I'd i can't just be guessing i don't i can't know, be asked so. to count those um so my, my one question i do have for you is how many people specifically are put into the communities that are created by the architect's Ted Danson says a specific number of people live in these communities and are all paired up. I, so, mates, I do not it's know. It's when he's introducing, um, I can't remember Kristen Bell's character's name. Eleanor. Eleanor. Eleanor Shellstrop. That's the one. Um, oh, that is a good question. I do not know the answer. Oh, I to... thought you'd be all over this, like a rash. <laughs> I mean, I've got three questions for you and I'm pretty sure you'll get done. So, <laughs> I'll get none. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Just... Love to hear that. <laughs> in the file. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, honestly, I'm just hearing flashbacks of my year one teacher. I've got <laughs> questions for you. You're not going to get any of these right here. <laughs> um, oh, I've got no idea. It's got to be a low number, hasn't it? Because they t- say about how it's so exclusive. It's like, you, it's like yeah. you know, the Empire Club. You're not you're not getting into this easy. If you try and picture how many people are sitting in front of that like lecture screen when they're first inaugurated, you probably would take a pretty decent stab. I'm thinking... I'll give you five either way. Five. That's it's it. It's a five. That's your no five either way is your margin of error. Oh god, what? Oh, oh okay. So it's got to be pretty low then if it's five either. Because I'm not going to be knocking around and go, oh yeah, four nine three, and you're going to, oh sorry, that's that is, that's specifically what I was going to do. <laughs> 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 um, oh, two hundred. I don't. 322 so basically somewhere oh, exactly in the middle of the two figures you just said um but yeah 322 people and then they're kind of split into into their pairs but hit me with yours okay okay i'm sure that okay. for sure you've only ever seen once this mm. afternoon having had a couple of points for the having a couple time. of beers and i really <laughs> did watch this as soon as i got back from the pub as well so with apologies to caitlin okay in the very first scene we mm. see something written on a wall what is written on the wall? Oh my god! Okay, it's like oh, it's it's like a welcome message. Um, it's either like welcome to the happy place or welcome to the good place or <laughs> the uh, happy place. Uh, <laughs> the different alternative. It's not like Ronald McDonald's shack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! I really paid attention to this. Um, Maybe not. You didn't. It's gone. <laughs> I did. Short term memory. Um, oh my god! I'm gonna have to say hello and welcome or something. I don't know. It's welcome. Everything is fine. Oh, for F's sake. <laughs> I'm so close, man. I knew it was welcome as well. Bienvenue. Okay. Question two. Okay. We find that in the um, early on in the episode that um, Doug Forsett made a prediction in which he got most of what happens after you die correct. You want to know the percentage? No, no. On what oh. day did he make the prediction? Oh, damn it, man. I knew the under, percentage. Under, what's the percentage? I think it's 92. Yeah, it's, I think it's ah. something like that. But underneath his post, underneath the portrait of Doug Forsett, there is a date. And I think it's clo- it says closest guess and then gives a date. So I think we can assume that's the date. Uh, Ted Danson doesn't say this. 
it's only visual. No, it's only visual. Oh, in which case, I'm not going to get this. I'm going to say April 10th. I got a year. Do you want to go for a year? April 10th, 1983. Okay. Um, it's not Just, quite right. How how wrong was I? <laughs> um, the 14th of October, 1972. Oh, for God's sake. I mean... That's... I could have been much worse. Yeah, it wasn't it's that not, bad. Not okay, not and now this one. An- years out. Another visual. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd do this, Kate. <laughs> okay, how many points do you earn for eating a sandwich? Oh, um, oh my God, I, I did. T- I, I, I noticed this on the screen. We'll go one into thing- it, but I think there's some. There's quite a lot of gags in that particular visual. There is. One. I was yeah. trying to trying to clock a few. Um, I remember one was at five point three three. I don't. I think that was after the sandwich. I think the sandwich was just over one. Um, I want to say like one point one two or something. Oh, well, oh, you're so close. Damn it, man. One point oh four. Ah, okay. And I'll, <laughs> I'll take. I'll take that. I'll take that. I wasn't too bad. Um, good questions there, Gay. Good questions for, for someone who's like, oh, maybe I'll do trivia. Maybe <laughs> I won't. You're like, bam, straight for the jugular. Uh, <laughs> okay. Shall we get to the review? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Okay, so we open with Kristen Bell on the elevator, uh, opening in Ted Danson's lovely office. Um, and I'm, I'm like, you're my big Ted Danson. Isn't, isn't she on a sofa? I thought she was in an elevator. I thought she was. It opens with her sitting on a sofa. And is it like? Is it like wall? a central shot of her face? I thought so. Yeah. Okay. In which case, I think it just looks like she's on an elevator. <laughs> I could okay. be wrong. Girl. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so then, then I thought she was on an elevator, and then like the the writing appeared on the wall as she got off the floor. But I think I completely misremembered. Oh, I, I thought she was just sat on a sofa, just staring, blinking, and staring at a wall. Reading. And then she enters Ted Danson's office. And so that's goes, like a waiting yeah, room. He opened. Yeah, it's like a waiting room, and then he opens the door and says, "Emma, come on in." That's right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a big, big Ted Danson fan. He's just yeah. got a nice vibe about him. And it's got to be said, he is a aged well he has and i just feel like now i don't see this lecherous dude who i saw in sam malone i see a kindly old man you know who's going to offer me sage wisdom um that's what i said (laughs) i don't know if you watched fargo but he was in fargo season two um plays a very similar character in many ways he's like a a sheriff or like a you know he's kind of fairly high up in the rural police department of that of that show um but it's all about like he, I don't want to spoil anything, but he has a lot of philosophical feelings about the afterlife in Fargo, which is kind of weird because the, there's a lot of simpatico there. But yeah, we're in his office. The great delivery of "You are dead," um, <laughs> Eleanor, whatever her name is, Shellstrop, Shellstrop, you are dead. Um, she was buying. Can you remember what she was buying from the supermarket? Uh, I think is it Lonely Girl Margarita Mix for One? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's kind of the margarita that comes in like the little cartons, you know, like orange juice. Um, possibly ultimately would just taste terrible um, have you, you've had margarita I think we've talked about margarita before. I don't think I have incredible is it you've got, you got to have a margarita okay? you've got to have one do you um, know what I've had that I surprisingly like a Cosmo are they the pink ones very like sweet yeah yeah what's the vibe what's like, the main alcohol in those do we know without no googling it. it without googling did, it, did, it, did, it, did it get you trashed <laughs> I had quite a lot of them, so yeah. But um, nice, it nice. Was, they're very sweet. It is like really? literally, if if a, if a six-year-old was going to make an alcoholic beverage, it would be a Cosmo. I'm not sure how I'd get out fair with them. Like one would be really tasty, but then I've got a thing with like sweet drinks. After one, I'm just like, it's. Am I going to just get the shakes after having a few of these? Was, no. 
I was with someone else and they ordered it, took one sip, decided they didn't like it, and then made me swap drinks with them. So oh I ended up God. being on Cosmos. I'm almost certain we have Googled what's in a Cosmo on this um, on this podcast before. I'm just going to take a look. It is lemon vodka, I think, cranberry juice. Um, basically, vodka is, is the main is the main go-to there. Um, do you remember how Eleanor dies? What, what specifically... So Happens. there was a shopping cart, like trolley, loads of shopping carts. Yeah. Uh, it, it came towards her. She grabbed onto it uh, and it, it swerved her out into the road. Yeah. Where she was hit yeah. by an erectile dysfunction mobile billboard yeah. advertising something called Engorgulate. I, I think. think, yeah, Engorgulate or Engorgio or yeah. some uh, kind which of was, Latin I think erection being driven by an ex-boyfriend of hers. Or something like that. Oh, yes. I remember the ex-boyfriend line, actually. I'd completely forgotten yeah. that. A terrible way to go, by all accounts. But at the same time, not a bad way to go. Quite like, memorable. The thing is, when you die, I want to be like, that's a story. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I mean, when you, when you go like, in your sleep, there's nothing to talk about. Exactly. Either. I was like, oh, yeah, dying in your sleep. A bit like, you know, drummer from Friends, when he, uh, Jack Geller, uh, Monica and Ross's dad, he's like, I, I want to be this. buried at sea. And people go, why? And he's like, well, it'll be an anecdote, won't it? It'll be like, Jack Keller, buried at sea. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. see that covered. People think they know me. <laughs> All my life, Jack Keller, so predictable. <laughs> I love that scene, man. Oh my god, that's one of my favourite moments in Friends. Um, but yeah, exactly. You know, you go in your sleep, no one talks about it. You get hit by an erectile dysfunction mobile <laughs> billboard. People are talking about it. Um, we're introduced now to Doug Fawcett, a good man who got really high on mushrooms and ninety-two percent accurately predicted what the good place was i think and what the bad place was um which i mean you've got to be pretty tripping to get to get to that level would, yeah, would you mean, would you ever take mushrooms i a, don't don't think so I'm, would I'm you ever take any kind of hallucinogen do you think or you you'd pretty i don't think i think it just freak me out too much i'm i would love to one provided i knew there's gonna be no medical repercussions so mushrooms <laughs> you, you're gonna be okay <laughs> I want to do illegal things so long as it's absolutely no repercussions of any kind. I mean, kind. if you take mushrooms, you're not going to overdose. People don't overdose on mushrooms, so I'd probably be fine. The two, the second one's the clincher. I need someone to guide me onto a good trip and not a bad one. Because if you have a bad one, your life can literally be ruined forever because you'll just never stop thinking about it and you get PTSD and all sorts. Of... Yeah, I feel like I'm a stressful and anxious enough person that my brain like, this is an opportunity to really... Yeah, I'll over. just be sitting there waiting for the bad trip, man. <laughs> for the bad place. Um, so yeah, maybe I should stay off hallucinogens um, altogether. I've actually made a note here. I think this is the most I've heard a TV's title be used in its opening minutes. We've been, we've been lot, going about it? five minutes, and I'm fairly certain Ted Danson has said the good place three times. Or and so. that's not something that lets up throughout the run of the show. It's not, is it? Like it's constant. <laughs> Just keep throwing it in there. And it kind of makes sense because I guess with the office, the term the office is used a lot and you don't really register that it's being used. But yeah, just just something I noticed, you know, I'm, I've started recently watching Justified. I don't know if any listeners have, have watched this, but it's like a really, really decent show about like a US marshal in like in rural Kentucky dealing with like meth dealers and stuff and just absolutely kicking ass. Um, and like in the first episode, you know, he's speaking to his ex-wife about like how he shot someone first, like, but he drew first on me. So it was justified. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> poo, poo, poo. <laughs> Pulling out the revolvers. Uh, so, you know, that's that's the kind of thing I'm looking for in a, in a TV show. So we now see 
Ted Danson's neighborhood that he's designed. He's been an apprentice for 200 years. Would you have known? Would you remember that if I'd asked you that? How long have you been? Oh. Damn it, I should have asked that. You he's could ask a... me pretty much anything. <laughs> I really could have. I've missed a trigger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's been an apprentice for 200 years and he's now designed this special community for 322 people to live in. There's a lot of frozen yogurt places or yogurt, as our colonial cousins call it. Are you a fan of frozen yogurt, Kay? I don't think I've ever had frozen yogurt. I mean, we I'm don't really get it over here, I don't actually. think. No, it's, we just have ice cream. You know? <laughs> we just have ice just, cream. Just give me ice cream. It's, there's something so beautiful about taking something good and ruining it just a little bit <laughs> so that you can get more of it. Wow. You, you, last week the Citizen Kane and now with the frozen <laughs> yogurt, man. You're calling for, you're calling for something bad. Um, <laughs> why? This is an important question. and This might be a, a thing that can be extrapolated to the show as a whole. I don't know if you noticed this. Everyone in the audience that are watching that inauguration in this neighborhood, they're all really young. Did this, did this occur to you that the average age of the person in this community, less than 40? That, now, that... if it's uh, why are they all dying young? I mean, there'd be surely this, these communities should be filled with 80 year olds who lived really good lives. Um, because that's the most common time you're going to be dying. The only what have I, I missed can... there? I mean, you're that's a really good point actually to flag. Okay. Um, the only thing I can think of is that when you die, you get put back into your like perfect body, rather than oh. coming back. You're in the good place, but you've got a dodgy hip. You know, you've got gout. It would suck and, to be in the good place, but in yeah. an eight-year-old body, and you can't just like you know, yeah. sow your wild oats. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've that... got your soul, mate. But I'm sorry. This is my time. Okay? <laughs> sorry, it's like I've been drinking twenty-four-seven down there. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I had to do all the good stuff to get here. Now is my time to really be a twat. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe that's, is, that, is that actually brought up at any point in the show that you can remember that people come back in there as their young No, I, I don't think it is ever brought up. Or at least the episodes I've seen, it's never been brought up. It you has do, to be the rationale, I think. You do see one or two older people. Mm-hmm. Even, well, Ted um, Danson is an example, yeah. You've got Ted Danson. Yeah. And you see a couple of people, oh, I'd say, maybe like late 50s, early 60s, but... I can literally only think of maybe two off the top of my head. The vast, vast majority are, as you say, like young... Um, Good-looking people. Pretty much, yeah. There's not many ugly people in heaven, is there? Yeah, I mean, that, there's just, I mean, it's one thing, like, you know, this is common with shows in general, you know. There aren't many ugly actors and actresses yeah. and whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, it kind of is a, a passport to getting into show business. Um, but I just think a show about the afterlife... You've got to have some kind of balance there. That it, where are the old ugly people that are just <laughs> yeah. like you know, shitting themselves all the time, or I don't know, whatever old people do. I mean, I have I have grandparents that don't shit themselves, so I don't mean to tar them all with the same brush. Um, how would you score? Do you think, Kay, on the good or bad rating? I, I'm I'm definitely in the bad place. <laughs> you're going I'm to the bad place. Like... How if you're going to the bad place? I am going to somewhere below that. That's I'm going to... not true. You're you, better than me. You're a saint compared to me. I mean, the thing is, I don't necessarily do horrible, tragic things, mm. but I also don't do anything good either. I, I, I don't. I'm, don't do I'm the sort good. of person who sees a charity appeal and says, yeah, but they want spare change. No, 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 it's not spare because I want it. So. We did talk last week about how I openly dismissed a homeless man and then bought an ice cream. So if that doesn't get you to the bad place, I don't know what does. Um, I just I, don't. I, I don't buy that you're a bad guy. Okay, I've known you a long I, time. I don't buy many sandwiches. I've no, never gotten you... anyone off death row. 
Um, That's true. You I mean if you did buy a sandwich, you need processed cheese in there, and you need it to be melted, and yeah, exactly uh, all so. sorts of crap happening <laughs> to it. So uh, your sandwich rating would be like minus ten because it's an <laughs> <Yeah>. abomination. <laughs> um, another question, Kay. Do you believe in soulmates? Because we hear at this point that everyone in the in these neighborhoods is paired with a soulmate, and I mean this is a tricky question because you're you know in a very happy relationship with Shan. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> yeah, but... you don't need to say. Yeah, Shan's my soulmate. Fortunately, I think she stopped listening about a season ago. So thank God for that. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, do you, do you believe in soulmates? Um, I don't think I do. No. But what's mm. interesting, I read um, I read a book when I was younger by a guy called Edgar Casey, uh, and he he believed in a, a bit like a blend of Western and, and Eastern. He was Christian, but he also believed in reincarnation. Okay. Um. And he, he basically believed that you you die, but then you, you keep coming back until basically you eventually get into heaven. And everyone mm-hmm. eventually gets into heaven, which is all the idea. But um, one of his arguments was that rather than having a soul mate, you have a soul group. And that basically yeah. you choose to reincarnate at the same time as people you've lived past lives with. And you all sort of just help each other get through lifetime after time. So your parents, you might have had previous lives then they may not have been your parents in that life but you'll have interacted throughout lives and you've come back at the same time i think that's a really cool idea i love that yeah that's so like, nice the yeah, idea so- that me and you were like brothers in like ancient egypt together or something man that's so so cool i really love that um i really yeah i'd love to know from listeners if you believe in them i feel like i perhaps used to and that, that makes it sound like I've had some terrible incident that's, that's broken my... <laughs> I which, used to, and then I found Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> which certainly isn't the case. Um, but I just think I had a, that's a tendency to romanticize, idealize things. I just think these days you meet people you you're in you're, you have a lot in common with, things you don't have in common, um, and you just work at it. And then, you know, that is, that's what a relationship is built on, I think. Yeah, yeah I, think I think if you go into something expecting everything to be perfect straight off the bat, you're destined for heartbreak there. Yeah, and I think if you believe in the idea of soulmates and you believe in this idea of a perfect relationship... You're never going to find one, Exactly. You're always going to be disappointed because you're going to turn down plenty of very, very good relationships. Oh, well, it's not perfect, so it's not my soulmate, so I'm moving on. That is so spot on. I feel like you're talking directly to me from the last, like, five (laughs) years. I needed to hear that game. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I'm completely in belief with that there. That's why we're in the same soul group, mate. See, man, honestly... We've had this conversation before <laughs> in ancient Egypt. Um, so now we learn in The Good Place, in well, particularly in Ted Danson's neighborhood, you get a house based on what you're like as a person. It's kind of a house that reflects you as a person. Um, so Eleanor's house, because obviously we realize very quickly um, or in a couple of bullet points time that she's not actually supposed to be here. Um, there's a load of crap in her house that makes no sense to her. She apparently loves clowns. There's clowns everywhere. Um, have we talked about clowns before, Key? Where do you stand on these? I don't understand clowns. Likewise. I don't, I don't understand why people like them. I don't understand why people are scared of them. I'm just like, what? what's going on? What are you doing, mate? I just... What, what are you what are you doing mate what is your purpose um they don't make me laugh i've read it so they kind of creep me out a little bit i just don't get it i feel like it's a yeah. it's a it's a product from medieval jester times and 
I don't know, but there might be clowns listening and we're, we're disparaging a great profession. I mean, we, we seem like right clowns now, mate. Everyone else is like, how oh, did I not get it? We're so, all loving this. You're saying that. We're going to offend some people who have trained in clown college. <laughs> um, so That's yeah. it. I'm going to clown college. <laughs> I'm going to clown college. I would love to hear from people who have been to the circus. I don't think I've ever been to the circus. Have you? I've never been to a no. like, e- Either in any form of any circus, not even like, like just an artistic thing and all that. I've never... Literally the same. Yeah. Like Cirque du Soleil or no. Yeah. I've been to ne- none of that. Um, and obviously, you know, someone who likes the arts, so I probably will go at some point, but would love to know what people think about clowns generally. Um, do you love them? Do you hate them? When we do Boo in season 11 of Frasier, we'll obviously get to see Kelsey dressed up as one, so that'll be pretty nice. Um, so now uh, in the house, we learn you can watch back your own life. Um, and I kind of, this is where I was thinking about the stats. Um, <laughs> w- would you take advantage of this if you had this option? Um, okay, let me let, let me give you like a, a Sophie's choice. Um, you can... You can be in a room with all the people you've ever known and loved, um, yeah. but no one can talk to anyone. Or yeah. you can be in a room on your own, but you can replay a TV of all your memories. I'd be in the room full of my family members and friends who I love. Nice. I'd, Even though I'd, no one can communicate, but but you can look at each other and you can... Can I still, like, hug people and, like... Yeah, contact's fine. That's fine, mate. I've got my arm around you. It's all good. Everything's great. <laughs> Me and you are there having a great time. <laughs> We never have to do a podcast again. <laughs> Our voices are We're there just playing Jim Romney or something. <laughs> no, no words. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I do love the idea of being able to watch things back. But I remember reading some, cra- a, bit, a bit like what you just said, some crazy theory from some guy who was on like, was on like Radio 4 one time, just saying what he thinks happens when the brain, like, you know, stops working in its last moments is that because obviously ketamine, as we know it as a, as a drug, um, but I'm fairly certain portions of it or kind of a, 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 you know, a kind of, what's the word, not an allotrope, but a, um, a kind of a, a, an adjacent chemical um, is produced by the brain. And he thinks in the last moments, the brain is flooded with this chemical. And what it causes us to do is basically replay every memory we've ever had, like our lives. And then we kind of live that in real time almost. And then when we have deja vu, that's what that is it's kind of like it's kind of like that's that the kind of the the barrier between the reality of like our brain and then the reality of this vision we're having kind of touching one another i don't know i remember i'm probably butchering it but i I heard this years ago but it was just kind of interesting because i've always loved deja vu and i get it all the time i get deja vu quite a lot weekly but I get it weekly. What, would you end up in just a never-ending loop then when you get to the end when you start I, to replay your memories I again? I think oh, the idea was that. It's like you just get stuck in this loop of reliving it you know, in real time. And then every mm. time you have deja vu, it's just that one moment where you've just got very close to the other side. Um, mm. Kind of the, the, the films are touching almost. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I think of that. If that's what happened and you don't know, that's kind of the best case scenario. You just get to live your life again. Well, if you had a good life, yeah. You've had a crap life. You're like, oh, if you've had a crap life, yeah, maybe maybe you're going to want to get off this bus. Um, I genuinely thought you were like, yeah, I really like seeing my family and friends, but I could watch Justified just every day, <laughs> just rewatch it again. But he's again. justified, man. <laughs> Didn't you hear? He shot the guy. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. If I was in like the good place and I could just rewatch my life, I probably would just watch football matches yeah. like, that I've seen before. I mean, I'll, I'll be like, like take happen. me back to Villa Blues or something when I was yeah. there at Villa Park. And 
Yeah, when we won 5-1, I got punched in the head by some random old guy behind me. Great Nothing day. gets better than that. Nothing <laughs> gets better than that. It's the 5-1, the Young and Carew one. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, delicious. <laughs> um, Where are my bullet points here? Oh, yeah. So now we're introduced to... Che- is it Cheedy? Cheedy. Cheedy, yeah. Cheedy. yeah. So he, he is Eleanor's soulmate, supposedly. I'm assuming the fact she's not meant to be there means they're not actually soulmates. Um. I'm guessing that's where the plot's going. Um, and the, the whole, we should say, for those who don't know anything about this plot, is essentially the, the, the plot of this pilot is she's trying to convince um, Chidi to kind of educate her on how to be a good person because she's done some pretty shitty things in her life. Um, and this is where we get the twist that she's not supposed to be here. Can't quite like this twist. Um, no. You can kind of tell something's off. And I think I knew this because the show is pretty popular anyway. But if you didn't know it was coming, it's pretty good. Yeah, and it's not what you expect from a comedy. You don't really expect in a comedy to have anything... Um, well, I mean, I would say one of real substance, whereas mm. this is a show, really, where there is a moral centre to it. There is a substance, substantive story. Yeah. Um, or, like, a really long-running arc. Generally, in most comedies, everything at the end of the episode is back to the way it was at the start of the episode, and nothing really happens. Whereas, I know when this was... F- the first, When I first saw this, the person who I like, pitched it to me said, oh, it's, um, it's like if Lost was a comedy... In terms of like, you get all these questions, and in the twenty minutes you're getting an answer, you get more questions, and um, yeah, so it, it, I think it's quite unique in, as what it, it's aiming for as a comedy to go in this direction of telling a story arc. I think it's quite quite unique. Yeah, I think this is one of the things that I was kind of trying to work out as I was watching this pilot about whether this is a show I'll revisit. Is for me personally, my own taste. I wonder how longevity wise you can make something that's not quite so positive and upbeat and utopian funny in a way like where's the tension the discord that is kind of like pivotal to all narratives basically you need some kind of dynamic going on one thing's pulling in the other direction um but i'm guessing things like that happen obviously bits happen in this episode to suggest that but yeah i I, i'd struggle to have i mean like jamelia jamil's character in this i mean doing my head in is basically <laughs> the best way of saying it because she's just like obviously condescending as Eleanor says um I mean I don't know if people f- are familiar with Jamelia Jamil in real life she kind of gets a hard time on Twitter quite a lot because she she's very outspoken about certain things for a lot of things things I believe in like she's you know very uh kind of advocates for you know just rights for for the marginalized groups or whatever um but sometimes she just has a doesn't go at it in the best way comes at it with you know she's obviously had a pretty privileged life um yeah and that comes across in these tweets and people really go for it and i just basically just see that in this show yeah Um, i mean in terms of it like it's weird because i agree with every most of the things she tweets about yeah i'm the same it's the way she does it there's no real discussion with it she's not it's like it's not like she's trying to educate or or engage in a conversation it's just just superiority isn't it that's how it comes across sometimes and that might be very unfair but that's in terms of that's the nature of social media nature of the beast a little bit is that that's how it can sometimes come across yeah and even when you end up agreeing you're like yeah okay whatever don't don't tell me what to do mate don't this is (laughs) the thing there's so many people who i follow on twitter and stuff who i would say i am very much aligned with politically speaking or in terms of civil rights or whatever but the way they go about it, I'm like, you make me not want to be like on your side here. You know, like this is just, it's obnoxious. You don't listen to anyone else. It's kind of like you're just screaming into your echo chamber and it's just, it gets hard. And you know, I've, I've muted a lot of people on Twitter who on paper 
I should be best friends with in real life. And it's just, you know, that's how it goes. Um, so yeah, Jamila Jamil, I agree with a lot of the things she stands for, but there's definitely an air of privilege and superiority, I think. And just and her character in this is so frustrating because she's meant to be annoying, but I'm just like, I'll just see the, the tweeter here. Um, it's it's tough going. Um, the So we kind of get a flashback now to the day before uh, Eleanor died and about whether she was actually good or not. Can you remember what she does? The first thing we see her do that's pretty morally grey. I know. I don't know if it's the one you're getting now. When she's at work, we know she's selling. Oh yeah, that might be the medication. first one actually. Um, we can't call it. Was it? We can't call it medicine because it is technically chalk. <laughs> it doesn't. It's technically chalk, and it doesn't actually work. Um, I was uh, thinking when she lobs the coffee cup on the floor in front of the. Uh, oh yeah, so when, uh, have you got time to eat my farts or something like yeah, that? Yeah, man. What a what? terrible what? insult! Like. Doesn't land for me at all. It doesn't land. It's a bit weird. It doesn't land. Um, but yeah, like I am big. I mean, littering is quite a prominent thing in this episode because it kind of it, it, it recurs a lot. I am so so just full of hatred for people that litter. It's unbelievable. Like if you just chuck some like a crisp packet on the floor rather than just put it in your pocket, what's kind of sick f are you? I just don't understand that. It- in many ways, it's harder to litter than it is. Just literally just shove it in your pocket, go to a bin. Like, it's really not that hard. It's like, ridiculous. Yeah. I hate it so much. And I just, yeah, like I, I see a couple of people in the village I live in, you know, they go out with a litter picker every now and then. I've been tempted to do the same. Um, it's easy for me to say that I've not actually done it, but I, you I mean, know. you say that when we were in school, me and you were in like the little picking team. We were, that. we were, say. Oh, you should love going good out litter picking. That was so good, man. Like, it's just like, right, you guys go do maths. Me and Kia are gonna walk yeah. around an empty playground, <laughs> sparring with our litter pickers, and just picking up a couple like, of quaver packets here I, and there. I need one of those litter picking things. Just my day to day life. Like, there's so many <laughs> things that are just out of reach. If I had a litter picker. <laughs> That'd be great. You can scratch your back with them. You know, <laughs> you can do all sorts um stuff after dark. Who knows? <laughs> Swing in a weird direction. I'm not advocating for that game. I'm just saying they're versatile tools. I'm just saying that you could. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying I've done it. But you I'm could. not saying there's footage out there. <laughs> but when I watch back my life at the end, I've got some stats. I'll tell you that. Um, they're at the kind of cocktail party type dealio thing now i think at ted danson's mansion i can't can't quite work out whose house is who at this point and eleanor kind of loses it about how good everyone there is um there's the dude who oh. gave two of his kidneys to a guy he <laughs> met 10 minutes ago on a bus i, I just met you 10 minutes ago but if <laughs> you i seem die really nice. you live really nice this is who's giving their kidney to someone they just met 10 minutes even if you're a good person surely you want to hang on to that kidney in case someone more deserving of it comes along <laughs> that is morally questionable if if i knew getting rid of one of my kidneys would 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 curtail the amount of times i go to the bathroom <laughs> i would be like take this for free okay i won't even charge you a dime here um so yeah i mean temp someone you met on the bus maybe i wouldn't do this but i'm pretty I feel, I feel like I'm pretty like if, if you need a kidney key, yeah. man, you can put your name on whichever one you like in here again. Oh cheers, I've got a sharpie actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if you don't worry, if you need a kidney well, you can have my kidney. Thanks, but man. A stranger on a bus, right? What if a stranger on the bus says to me, and I 
if you've seen my bus route, you know I don't want them on my kidney. <laughs> There's but, plenty of people that will ask this. <laughs> just, I'm just like, what if the stranger asks for my kidney? Mm. I give him my kidney. And a month later, you go, well, okay, I need a kidney. Oh, I know no. you got one. Can I have a kidney? Oh my like, God. I gave that guy on the number seven the kidney. And well, you've just walked yourself into a cul de sac there, haven't yep. you, mate? You just, you've only got yourself to blame. I, I like to go, think. I'm going to be knocking on some guys. Go, Excuse me, can I have my kidney back? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think if you ever needed some organs from me you know, that wouldn't kill me. They would wheel me on a gurney alongside you, like the meat trolley from the the timber mill, and then you could just put your name on whichever one. Oh, that liver looks good. <laughs> Can I and see then... the other side of that one, please? <laughs> <laughs> I would willingly let that happen, Key, um, in order to prolong your time on this mortal coil. So I know what it is, Matt. You're just trying to get rid of your goodness. That's all it is. It's I'm me. that transparent, am I? <laughs> um, so she now comes back to her house after being kind of cheap. Um, kind of gets her out of the place because she's getting drunk and she wants to steal gold or something. And then she kind of says, hello, creepy house that I hate. Um, got a laugh out of me just because it is kind of creepy. Um, can you remember what's on the giant doors that close it, the bedroom? Oh, I really like the line, actually, from Judy in this bit where it, it has a lot of the music and this huge clown face. <laughs> and he was going, well, that's terrifying. <laughs> well, that's it's terrifying. Just, yeah. You'll know what I'm thinking of with this. What am I thinking of with clowns and beds? Come on. Oh, the Simpsons. If you should die before you Oh, my God. As a kid, that and still today, (laughs) that used to scare me to death, man. Hello, Joe. (laughs) Mark, can you help me with my songs? The bit when Bart is at the Flanders' house and he looks out the window and he can see it in the... Oh my god! As a kid, that used to scare the shit out of me. Um, I, oh, like the Simpsons, God, man, where, where would we be without Simpsons? Okay, just we Literally, fall back you on can it. fit a Simpsons reference into anything in life. At we all. do that. We are living <laughs> we proof do. to that. Um, so she wakes up to a storm now, which is quite cool. Um, I like the vibe here. Um, I know I'm a broken record when there's a storm, but uh, it seems to be a storm predicated on a lot of the bad stuff she's done. There's ladybirds everywhere. Can you remember what the reference? I don't know what the lady. Birds come. We see flying shrimp because at the party she was eating all the shrimp. The shrimp. There's the Ariana trash. Grande is playing because she, when guessing, surname. Yeah, she she guesses Ariana Grande. I did not clock that Ariana Ariana Grande is playing. I, I think it's Ariana Grande. It must I, be. I, it must yeah. Be. Um, yeah. That's sick. Is the is the yellow and she says blue to me? It looked more like black, but I mean, aren't they meant to like bees? In which case, it's yellow and black. But then when she said blue, I kind of looked closer. It's kind of a navy, but I, surely they'd be wearing yellow and black. I did. I didn't know. Is that a reference to something happened in the park? Because I know she says, does she call like uh, Tahani as in Jamelia Jamil's character like a giraffe at some stage? I think. So. Yeah, and you see giraffe walking down the street. Mm. So I kind of think is that that reference? But then. Yeah. They've got the zigzags. I don't know. Um, really odd. There's a few things. I mean, the ladybirds are really strange. And obviously, Americans call them ladybugs, um, which weirdly has kind of crept into my vocabulary. Like my my twin nieces are both obsessed with ladybirds. And I've been known to call them ladybugs when we're peering pe- pe- strawberries. No, they learn, like they watch a lot of American crap on TV. So they're like, oh, yeah, that is a ladybird. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not Will? a bird. It's okay. not a bird. I mean, ladybug is far more accurate to describe what it is. Um, ladybird is kind of misleading, although they can't fly. Um, I mean, American vocabulary, I think, is generally more 
accurate than ours. More efficient. Like we have pavement, they have sidewalk. I because you walk, sidewalk. you walk on the side. That makes sense. It does make sense. Pavement. <laughs> pavement. <laughs> uh, a great band from the 90s, but I mean, anything else? No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I think I think Americans have a nice efficiency with their, with their language. Um, I mean, as someone who researches American whatever, a lot of it has crept into my my work. You know, I use sidewalk and and store when I mean shop. Um, okay, I use shops ninety percent of the time, but I like yeah. I like store. I'm going to the store. There's something about that that I like. It's just because I've heard it so often in TV and film. I think, um, but I'll go to the shops. Quintessentially British, so. <laughs> You know what so I'm so you'll only shops. use store in the singular. You're not going. I'm going to the stores. No, you never do that. You never no, do that. No, no, I'm, no, going no. To, it's, I'm going to the. I'm going to the store. You know, to pick up a sixer, um, <laughs> six pack of beer. They gave you a little. Uh, not not charging I'm, you a dime. Eh? I'm writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I just put here. Tahani is condescending. That's literally the only bullet should, point. Yeah. 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 She, like she wants to be better than everyone else, doesn't she? It's very obvious. And I just love her attempts at name dropping just um i was with my was it is it godmother uh diana it doesn't really matter where she's a princess or, or <laughs> something like that um, that was good that was good um but still she's frustrating as if yeah and, um, but you are you really i get off on the fact that she is clearly so frustrated that she's not um because she's quite clearly obviously she's meant in her life she was the center of attention and, and or, or at least you know that's the way she's being portrayed is that Mm-hmm. she's led, led a very glitzy privileged life yeah and then she's now with a soulmate who literally does not speak to her and yeah. he's just doing his own thing but to be honest i've not even put two and two together in that so that's, that's really good um what american city does eleanor describe as the medium place trivia for you here cincinnati yes can you tell me what state cincinnati is in and i'm just going to double check this though I'm, I'm almost certain yeah it is it, I, I say so it's not a state. It's not a state in its own right. It's not a state in its own right. It is in. It's in a state that's that has often been called the gateway to the Midwest. It's kind of where the the, the first state before the Midwest begins. Is it the cheese state? It's not. It's a little south of uh of the a little south and a little east of the cheese state. Ohio. Yes, it's actually Ohio. It's Ohio. What the hell? Oh my god! You said that with such confidence. (laughs) Oh my god! It's absolutely Ohio. So well played. Wow! Thank you. Well played indeed. Um, I've completely forgot to mention. Um, in fact, there's a few bullet points I've missed here. So Janet comes back at this point. The informational assistant. Um, kind of like Alexa, but personified. Um, one bullet point I didn't forget is when they play a sound effect from the bad place and you just hear yeah. someone scream, this bear has two mouths. <laughs> and just the reaction of, well, it doesn't sound great. It doesn't sound <laughs> great. Uh, um, we now see Cheedy working from a chalkboard. Um, it's the good place, as he says, you can get anything you want. He chooses to get a chalkboard. What are your thoughts on chalkboards, Kay? I like chalkboards. Mm-hmm. Like I've never really actually used or properly seen one because when we were growing up, the the change really had been made to whiteboards. It had, yeah. Um, but they look so cool and retro, and they do. I feel like you get more of an effect if you're having to write your name in chalk. And like and circling something in chalk feels yeah. like unbelievable. And if if those kids are messing about, you just scratch that chalkboard, and oh, they will stop. No, no, don't do it. Um, <laughs> I see a chalkboard, and I think of. Dead Poet Society, 
Great um, film. I just see Robin Williams just leading the charge, talking about Whitman up there. That's that is um, honestly one of my all-time favorite films. Likewise, it's incredible. Um, incredible film. Um, and I think a Matilda. Um, also an unbelievable film uh, by all accounts. I think Matilda's fantastic. Um, and one, it's very nostalgic because I watched it a lot as a kid, but just really well made. I like the fact it that is. Danny DeVito directed it and he's in it and. Yeah, just, 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 just the line. Honestly, I I I became basically mistrunchable. That's like <laughs> I, the amount of times I've used in a sentence. Like I'm big, you're small. I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> my, my favorite, most quoted line of that is when the little girl's like, "My mommy thinks they're sweet." I'm about a pigtail. I was like, "Your mommy is a twit," and then she like hammer throws her over the fence um absolutely and and also when they're doing the mrs d mrs i mrs f f i just how just how difficult it's like why are all these women married (laughs) 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 Uh, matilda so good that's a tangent we could go down all day um we now learn that really her biggest problem eleanor's is and this is what she wants treaties out with is self-obsession. Um, she was self-obsessed when she was a- alive um, and she's only really spoken about herself since coming to the good place. I think this is a, a trait all human beings have to some degree. And it's about how you mitigate it because I think evolutionary speaking, you have to have a, a self-preservation, don't you? you it's about yeah. your own survival and I think self-obsession is born from that. Yeah, and I, I get really conscious when I'm speaking about someone else and I start using the word I quite a lot. Yes, yeah, like, I think this and I re- when I knew them, when we did this and I'm really conscious that actually I'm inserting myself into this. Yeah. And it can be really difficult not to do that sometimes. Absolutely. Um, um, one thing I'm, I hate doing as well is like if someone speaks and then like, I'm referring to something they've said and I forget to say their name and I just say he or she. And like, you just immediately like the biggest dick, like you're just, you've forgotten their name or you're kind of being really like undermining. And it's like totally like innocent. Like it's just because I forgot or whatever. Um, you know, I hate that. And that makes you seem kind of self-obsessed as well. So um, yeah, I would, I would hope that we don't come across as that on the podcast. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I mean, you, you say about using like he or she, mm. What what's awful is I know like quite a lot of people who have the same name, and so I will choose one of them to be that. But like, if I knew several wills, you would be Will, but every other will I meet would just get full named all the time. I'm nice. Like, oh, Will Jenkinson. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, will Jenkinson in the house. <laughs> and the thing is, everyone then thinks I hate Will Jenkinson. Be like, he doesn't call him Will, you know. It's always Will Jenkinson. It's a will Jenkinson. And I have to then explain to everyone. No, there is. I know a Will, and he is Will. He took that Will mantle. Yes, I did from the age of four. Um, <laughs> You got to give them like nicknames like Will Jenkinson. It's Willie J. You know. <laughs> Willie J. Will Carroll. It's Dub C. <laughs> Dub C, man. Uh, water closet. So uh, um, I think that's a good way of, of. I don't know that many people who've got. In fact, you're. I only know really two Kieran's. Um, you are Key. He is yeah. Kieran. Um, See, if you call me Kieran, I'd think I was in trouble. Yeah, I'd never call you <laughs> Kieran ever. Um, I literally, I, I actually referred to you as Key Zone to someone else in a group chat the other day because they were like, it was when they were rearranging this talk. It's like, oh yeah, we're doing me and Key Zone in a podcast tonight, and they're like, they know you, but they're like, <laughs> who is Key Zone? <laughs> like, you know who Key Zone is. Um, I distinctly remember coming up with that nickname for you in school actually, and just say to you, Key, got a new nickname for you. 
Get used exactly. to it. I'm going to start calling you Keynes. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, it's coming at you. Um, See, whereas I say to Shan, oh, I'm doing a thing with water closet tonight. And she looks <laughs> and goes, what is going on? <laughs> so you're doing what in the water closet? <laughs> um, do you ever dream about flying keys, flying something you'd like to do? When I ask that, I'm just going to pull my microphone out of its stand and go, uh, here we go. Go personal. Okay. Go personal. <laughs> um, it, it feels like a far more intimidating question now. You've got mic in hand. <laughs> um, genuinely, I'm not even a little bit tempted by flying. I, really? I, if, if someone said to me, you can have a superpower, flying would not be in the top five. It's got to be invisibility. It's Invisibility's gotta be, up there. Like, yeah. At will, the things you could do. You know, non-perverted, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that needed to clarify. <laughs> That's where the mind goes. <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to go, the things you could do, non-perverted, but also perverted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's implied, yeah. That's, that's implied, yeah. But uh, yeah, invisibility has got to be up there. I mean, that would be killer. That would be killer. Um Eleanor certainly seems terrible, I put here. We see some of her flashbacks now when she was meant to be the designated driver yeah. she just eats all of the entrance in the hat um yeah. choose them yeah she's not a nice person to go for a drink with generally I mean, it really begs the question of why are her friends friends with her because they don't seem to like her very much they don't look at her when she's going off on one either i'm like <laughs> you don't really want her here do you so yeah i don't really get this um I think in the next scene, I've, I've made a note of here, Ted Danson kicks a puppy into the sun. I'm going to talk about this guy. I just, basically, he's worked out something is off. It's some tiny, minuscule thing that is throwing everything off. He sees a puppy, <laughs> and it must be that. So he kicks the puppy into the sun. It's one hell of a kick. It, it is one is. hell of a kick. And you think it's going to come back down like a parabola, but it goes straight into that sun. <laughs> and there's a little, a little poof. And it's gone. <laughs> So sad. And, and then when a woman comes out, it turns out, was it Teacup? I think the puppy's name. I think so. I mean, if you call, call your dog it, that, it deserves to get kicked. It's, a, into it's the an sun. adorable name. It's not quite <laughs> Muffin, but it's cute. Um, and, and then it, Ted Danson going on his own little speech, like, I'll get you another dog. And I tell you what, like, it's just a concept of a dog. Okay. <laughs> it feels no hate. It feels no love. He doesn't love me. I, I mean, he feels love. You I want mean, a dog that loves you. I can send that one straight back where it came from. <laughs> I really love that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Pete, Ted Danson's really losing it at this point because he's just so sad about his his community that he's architected not living up to his expectations. It's unraveling fast for him, isn't it? It is, and he, he seems to have worked hard here. I mean, how long are we we expected to believe goes into designing these things? Um, do you reckon it takes him years to build a community like this? I would like think this? so. I think he'd spend a long time designing it and planning it. Mm. And because he says that each neighbor, I mean, there's got to be a template, isn't there, for a good place? Um, and so you would think he's got a broad template to follow. But he does say that they're they're unique and they're different. Like some is farmland, some are city. So you've got to yeah. you've got to think that you would have to sit down and work out all the personalities of those people who are coming, match them up with what is the ideal environment for all of them. Um, so yeah. Also, I find it a bit weird. It's they've got soulmates, but the soulmates don't seem to live together because we find out that Cheedy has a separate apartment to Eleanor. Yeah, he's like next door, is he? Because his his window overlooks hers, or does his window just overlook the street she's on? At that I, point? I thought he was just a street she was okay. on. Okay. But... Mm, I just sense. find it a bit strange. Like your soulmates, but uh, you're not married yet, so you better better stay clear. Yeah, it's <laughs> a very good point. Um, 
like I love the fact that Ted Danson says as well, like, oh yeah, some of them are farmland, some of them are cities. Conveniently, the one on this TV show just looks like an awful lot like a studio set. Like it looks like Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls, um, which obviously was a was a studio block backlot somewhere that looked like a town. And yeah, like although I, I like the aesthetic here because it's meant to be very utopian it looks so much like the set that it is. Um, and I don't know if that's meant to be part of it, or I don't know whether I that drew me out a little bit. I don't know, because it is meant to be kind of perfect in every way, but it just looked very overtly like Main Street USA in Disneyland kind of thing. And I guess that's the point, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I find it quite quaint. I think it seems like a really nice very, town very and nice chill. Mm. But again... It, it's a bit strange that given that you've got, I mean, we know we don't really know much about, but Tahani, I think we can assume is is British because the accent. I think so, yeah. Um, Chidi is obviously he's originally from Senegal, but has been he's lived a bit of everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously Eleanor is just from Arizona. I started out in Phoenix and then went to Tampa, Arizona, <laughs> and then went back to Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Quite but nice. it, it seems strange that it is very American, given that you would think that this utopia for the people from so many different cultures, so many different countries. So true. The dream is America. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know. The American dream, people, doesn't matter where you come from. Because, I mean, yeah, he's from Senegal, Chidi, and yeah, here he is in, in this light. It is so stars hollow from Gilmore Girls. I'm just going to reiterate the point. Uh, if you like this location, you, you'd get a kick out of Gilmore Girls. I'm trying to get into it. I've four or five. No way, really? Because yeah, like, Shan's a big fan of it. I didn't know that. I didn't and know that. she's watched it. It's, it's think... a tough one. I think it gets it gets better. I think by the time you get like season, I don't know, it, it probably halfway through season one, if you're not vibing then, mm. um, you're probably never going to vibe. But it, it does get progressively better up to about season four. I'm then... told that then steadily drops off. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's still very watchable if you're a fan, but it, it does drop off. Season four is like a real peak. Um, yeah. Four is really good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Gilmore Girls. Just a nice vibe. But I mean, I could see why people wouldn't like it. It's very like, it's a very white middle class show because um, that is what, you know, is the point of yeah, the It seems the like a show where no one's actually got any real problems, but is very, for oh. that reason, it's quite nice because it's very chill. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the appeals. No one seems to work, and yet they all afford, have, like, you know, Lorelai and Rory get fast food every single day of their lives, and, and they're stick thin. And It's got one hell of a theme tune. Because when I'm... Carol when I, King, man. Over the summer, when I was working in here, and Shan, every 45 minutes, I just Where hear, you lead, I will follow. <laughs> Honestly, I, I was singing that to myself for an entire week. Going, I'll be there. I will comfort you. So good, man. So good. Carol and then King's I forget the words, and I just go start singing the words. Where you lead, <laughs> I will... Over and over again, just that one sentence. Honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say stick with it a little bit longer and see what yeah. the vibe is. Um, but don't be afraid to tap out because you know what you're getting with that show, I think. Uh, it's certainly not for everyone. Um, so kind of to the end of the episode, really, here, where obviously we have the the trash storm, loads of shit goes, goes down here. Um, Eleanor wants to fly at this point, and uh, Janet, the AI, says, think of an image that brings you pure joy um, to make a fly. I wondered if this was a reference to Peter Pan um, because in Peter Pan, when Peter is teaching the darling children how to fly, he says, think of a, think of, um, 
think of the happy well the songs like think of the happiest thing it's the same as having wings um so basically the idea is you think of something really nice and happy and then you'll fly and i wonder if this was like a pointed reference to that or just a coincidence i don't know it might very well be that's a really good point actually uh, there's, there's a big peter pan fan um oh yeah i was in peter pan so I know no it. way did you play i played the youngest of the darling children it was the is first that, oh what's his name uh, don't Michael. tell me Michael, damn it, yeah. <laughs> I think your brother actually went to see that play. No way. Because I don't think I told you I was in it. And I got a message from you going, my brother saw you in a play. He said, you're all right. <laughs> no way. I, I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, what are the... It's John, Michael and Wendy. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah. um, in, in, a, in a production... I saw Wendy and Peter at the RSC, the production of that. Um and it was kind of like a morbid take on it. And the idea is the lost boys are basically children that have died before their time that like are then eternally young and Peter Pan like looks after them. And so the, the, this version began with a fourth darling child dying in the bedroom, like in, in his sleep. Wow. And Peter Pan comes into the room and the lost boys take him out. Mm. Um, and then they wake up that morning and like, you know, it, then the story begins, um, which was quite intense, but I think they did it well um and i quite liked that backstory for the lost boys because it's like quite sweet in a way um the fact that peter pan looks after them in kind of perpetual youth um it's quite nice um so yeah we have the trash storm we have to go cups that don't spill um I, she comes out of the thing like, he was really proud of he that, was really proud of that we need these in real life i think um one of my my pet peeves is is kind of you know disposable cups that spill their their shy everywhere um, have, have we had the 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 gathering yet where he's on about sweat yes um, and he <laughs> bit of a strange one. Just... and he starts licking the starts, like licking the little it yeah. seems weird and just licking your arms <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my, my i'm leaking again what, what's this called <laughs> um i mean ted danson's timing and comedy comedy timing in this episode is very good um yeah he, and he just pulls off the silver fox look very well i think he does, doesn't he's a it? Suave-looking dude, isn't he? I, it'd be really interesting to see if if this show would have taken off in the same way it did if it didn't have someone like Ted Danson, some a mm. big, a bit of a comedy legend sort of thing, who's coming in and playing a big role. Yeah, or would it have just ended up going under the radar and not necessarily taking off? Because obviously, Kristen Bell's been in quite a lot, and particularly in recent years, she has. I mean, look but, at Frozen. I mean, Christ. yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah. beyond that. I don't think the cast is necessarily. Yeah, all I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't know I, too many people in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I think some of them have gone on to do things since this. This has started yeah. to launch their careers, but certainly before, I don't. I don't think any of them were really household names. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I think I think the two of them, particularly Ted Danson, is kind of a great anchor point for the show. Um, I mean, I spent a large point of my teenage years fancying the crap out of Kristen Bell, watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I don't know if you've seen that film. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So good, actually. So underrated as those kind of tens comedies go, the teens. Um but All she, I can uh, think is—is is that the one with the guy from How I Met Your Mother in it? Jason Segel. Yeah. And you see a lot of him. That's the one I remember. Yeah, I don't think you actually ever see it. I think you hear it slapping. I don't know, but I have like nightmares He takes of his that. towel off and he starts going, tch, 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 and you can hear it slapping, but you can't actually see it. Um, I think I'd remember seeing that, I think. <laughs> I watched that film a lot because I just, you know, again, Kristen Bell is in it, <laughs> wearing a bikini a lot of the time. Uh, so when I was 15, this show was the best thing around, <laughs> this film. Um, but yeah, that's actually really good. Paul Rudd has a great cameo in that. If anyone's not seen... 
forgetting Sarah Marshall. Very, very worth your time. Um, have you got anything with Miss Key you want to talk about? Because I think that's all all she wrote on my end. Um, yeah, I think they they, they just na- they reach a natural conclusion of um, should Chidi help Eleanor and him weighing up all the philosophical arguments, you know, uh, you know, Emmanuel Kant, is there a moral imperative, which is Kant? Yes. Uh, Aristotle that believes that, uh, I mean, have you ever actually read any of Kant? I haven't. I, I'm Don't. pretty hard with philosophy. I've tried to read Nietzsche before. It's just too dense for me. I mean, Kant's no. name is apt. Uh, like that. <laughs> um, that, that, I've, that, I've been harsh to Kant. I don't always like as a bloke. He's just—I tried to read a critique of pure reason, which is his book. Yeah, and that is a slog. I tell you that. He basically really believed like. that you should only do good because it is good. There should be no reasoning. No, don't consider what will happen, what won't happen. Don't consider if you want to do it or not. Just do it because it is good or not. That's it. And, and where is he deriving how we determine what's good and what isn't? I think because I think what I think from, is good is not going to be what someone on death row thinks is good. I, I think there is a moral imperative which tells us what is good. What and it's like standardized for the entire I, human I, race. I think it is. Yeah, I could be wrong. Wow. But it's been a long time since I've read Kant, but um, I, as, as I vaguely remember, yeah, he has some quotes which uh, they've they've aged, so I won't quote them. But mm-hmm. um, he there's yeah, he's he's, he's quite a I, I, he's a philosopher I never really got into. Yeah. Um, I'd like to get more into philosophers, but it's just dense, man. It's really heavy Very stuff. You I know. feel like there's a real market out there for making accessible yeah. philosophy books for people. I, I people think so. Read it. And it's like, yeah, like not necessarily dumbing it down, but finding a way. Because a lot of these philosophers, amazing brains, not the best writers in the yeah. world. I mean, know. I don't necessarily want to read The Republic or a Critique of Pure Reason, but I want something a little bit more than a quote a day. Yeah, exactly. In the <laughs> Quote a day toilet paper. Um, <laughs> I was just about to say something. And what were you talking? Oh, that was it. Um, there's quite a common thing I see on the internet a lot, and it's a, it's it's more of just like a, a little meme more than anything to take seriously because it's it's a little bit reductive and there's there's far better examples. But um, the idea of like the shopping trolley analogy. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah, that is actually that analogy. Uh, the bit about whether you choose whether which track you want. That's actually. Oh no, the, sorry, it's about whether you return the trolley. Are you familiar with that one? Oh, okay. It's so not the you... kind of the tracks where you, you pull oh, the okay. lever. Um, um, though obviously it... that's famous. I mean, they actually a good place to a whole episode actually about that. That no way you pull the lever or not. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm assuming it, the the shopping cart thing is just whether you should return it or not, go knowing that. It's a little bit out of your way, but it's the right thing to do. That's exactly right. Like there is no, there is no repercussion if you don't t- take it back, um, and there's nothing to gain from taking it back. But those who do take it back, i.e., I would say ninety percent of people, me and you, would take our cart back to the corral or whatever you call it. You are just ultimately showing that you are capable of doing the right thing with no guidance or leadership um if you leave it for someone to do you're showing you're incapable of doing that and i just think it's really interesting because i just you know i I see people leave carts and and it's kind of like both ends of like you would think you you would make class erroneous class-based decisions i think on who would take their cart back and who wouldn't and I think, you know, someone with shitloads of money is just as likely to leave their car in a bay and not take it back because they think, oh, the surf in the high-vis jacket's going to come and move That's it beneath me. me. Yeah, and I mean, I have yeah. been a car park attendant at a garden centre and I have taken trolleys back and I've seen that happen firsthand. Um, so, you know, I'm not taking a class high horse here. I have, you know, <laughs> I have been the centre of the analogy. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Um, 
But that's a nice yeah. philosophical note to end on. You're going to say something. Yeah. I was going to say, I just love how after all that, he weighs it all up. And GT says, you know, I've got it down to two options. Yes or no. And just like that really feels like that's the heart of philosophy. There's a lot of talk and there's no actual answer. Yeah, you have to make a decision at the end <laughs> yeah. of the day and it's not necessarily going to be the right one. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I guess we should just say a big thank you to Caitlin again, Hot House Orchid, for her donation um, and for recommending this to us. Obviously, Key was slightly familiar. I wasn't. I, you know, I enjoyed watching this. Um, it was really fun to talk about today. Um, and this has been a long time coming. I think we've probably got this donation. Oh God, three, four months ago. I don't even want to speculate. And we have a backlog. Uh, I'm trying to think what's next. I have a feeling it might be keeping up appearances. I know we've got a keeping up appearances. I think we've got bone kickers. We've got bone. It might be bone kickers actually. Um, um, and then I don't know beyond that what people have recommend have asked for or if there is any beyond that. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Um, other than bone kickers and keeping up appearances, I think Hamish at one point wants to do Dante's Peak. Have you ever seen Dante's Peak? I have not. No. Oh my god, it's sick! It's basically a disaster film from the nineties about a Mount St Helens um, okay. with Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton in, and it slaps hard. So <laughs> it slaps hard. I mean, I mean, it's like a two-hour film. We've not done that yet, so God knows when we when we do that and how the how the review will work because we need to condense it into an hour. Um, but it, it it really good. It's really it good. Slaps. It's like Jason Cigar, mate. It slaps. Oh man, it slaps <laughs> in all the right ways. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. We will be back. I don't know when this. In fact, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what episode's next because I don't know when this is gonna go out. So <laughs> we'll be back next week with an episode <laughs> of the podcast. Um, but other than that, I've been Will. I've been Kay. Thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. <laughs>